I'm Declan. That's Jacobs. And we have a little special guest with us back to back weeks. Mr. Logan, back at it again. Uh, let's start out. Jacobs, how you doing this this week, weekend? Uh, it is officially Mother's Day here on the North South Podcast. Baggy. Mommy's listening. Baggy. <laughs> You're allowed to laugh. It's okay, Logan. We're good. <laughs> He's literally holding back laughter right now. That's his, uh, we've been doing it all weekend. Um <laughs> Anybody who listens to the pod who understands that, it's an inside joke. If you don't get it, it's it's okay. It's just enjoy it, okay? I hope I hope Peggy's listening right now. She won't, but that's completely okay. I know that how much she's gonna enjoy it. At heart, even if she's not listening. Absolutely. You wanna start with some uh I know we've been doing a lot of NBA to start with. Wanna start with uh I think our favorite thing to talk about this week? Yeah, sure. Uh so last night was the UFC 274 pay-per-view. A lot of things happened, and a lot of things didn't happen. And I think we have a lot to talk about. Significant strikes. I mean, both guys really did get hit pretty well. There was only one knockdown. It was by chaos. Um, Randy Brown, I think, utilized that long, long length that he does have. Um, I mean, six foot three. Like, chaos looks like a specimen in the ring, but Randy Brown is just long and lanky. And I think he is going to be somebody to watch in the welterweight. I don't I mean, the welterweights are probably my second favorite division, maybe third favorite division to watch, personally, myself. Chaos Williams had the control time four minutes and nine seconds to only Randy Brown's 11 minutes. And Randy Brown went, went for four takedowns, and Chaos didn't go for any. Uh, Randy Brown was down in significant strikes by about 20, but he only knocked down in the fight. I agree with you. I think the fight could have gone either way. If you want to call it a bad decision, sure. I'm not super mad about it. I, I do think Kyos won the fight, but I'm not going to sit here and, you know, freak out about it. It's it's no big deal. I think they're both going to have great futures in the UFC. I, I, I think they're both I, – I think they're top 15 fighters, fringe top, top 15 fighters in my opinion right now. No, yeah. It was, a, it was absolutely a great fight. Both fighters, I mean, they were just slugging the whole time. I mean, it was phenomenal. But, yeah, I felt uh, chaos definitely won round one. Round two could have gone either way. Like Ryan said, we felt it lean more chaos. But uh, Randy Brown really woke up, you could tell, in round two. I mean, he just – he started – he definitely improved. And then round three, he definitely took it over. It was it was very obvious he won round three for sure. So, yeah, it could have went either way, but great fight. 
for sure. Shorts, but, you want you want to go ahead and move into the uh, the Shogun fight, uh, unless uh, you want to have anything to sell, uh, anything else to say about that the chaos fight? No, no, nothing really else. Uh, Shogun Raw fight, I I thought it was boring, boring. Somehow not the most boring fight on the card. We'll get into that later. Yeah, it's it, it's just it's just it's starting to show that Shogun Raw is done. He's done. Yeah, of course. Uh, OS, OSP, I actually like a lot. He, he's he's pretty good. Obviously, he's not where he once was in the top 10 area. But, you know, I, I didn't like the fight. I think the decision was good. I don't think it was 27-30 OSP. I thought Rua definitely took one of those rounds. But I, I thought the decision was good. I thought the fight, it wasn't anything. It, it shouldn't have been a main card fight, in my opinion. Um. <laughs> I mean, talent-wise, at this point of both of their careers, I don't think just Shogun, um, both of their careers, you're correct. But it's it's a draw. It's who it is. It's Shogun Rua, you know, 2018. Yeah, absolutely. Hall of Fame inductee. I get it. Um, pay-per-views, you know what? They put it in a good spot in a sense where it's the second fight on the card. It was a lead-up to, you know, the biggest fights on the card. Um, I mean, like, like, I completely understand, and I know you agree with what I'm saying now, that Talent-wise, no, it's, that's not a main card fight for either fighter, in my opinion. No, but Rue is a draw. Exactly. You're going to get so many, and it's the second-to-last fight. So you already know he's got one more fight after this. I'm, I'm sure that's going to be either a fight night headliner, you know what I mean, one last time. I think they're going to put him on one more pay-per-view card. And he deserves it, whether he's a great fight or not anymore. In my opinion, he's earned at least to be the opening on a, on a pay-per-view card. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I know Logan and I watching that fight, uh, especially looking at, you know, the bodies on ESPN, you know, they have where the strikes landed and this and that. A lot of yellow on St. Prue. Rua connected, kind of we talked about last night, me and, you know, Logan and myself. He was connecting, but his head, like, it was never one of those, like, St. Prue's neck would snap back or you, you could see any damage. But, like, any time St. Prue caught Rua, only a couple times up top, really, you saw his head snap. You saw... But, like, he destroyed the midsection. I mean, Logan, I mean, I know that we really saw that. He he landed so many shots in the midsection of uh, Rua. Oh, yeah. Even just at the end of the first round, you could see his whole chest and stomach were red already. Yeah, you could definitely tell St. Prue was just destroying his midsection. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, I, I, I guess that wraps up that fight. Like we said, there's not a whole lot to talk about. Rue was kind of washed. OSP is not where he used to be. It's it's one of those main card fights where it, not a whole lot happens. But like I said, I'm going to keep saying a whole lot doesn't happen until we get to uh, the co-main event. Next fight, we have Michael Chandler versus Tony Ferguson. I hope I hope Tony's okay. No, literally. They took him to the hospital last night. Oh, yeah. that, they should have. If you guys missed it, first round was good. I thought the first round was good. It was a great first round by both fighters. Tony Tony looked controllable on the feet for a minute, and he looked comfortable on his back for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then Chandler Ch- Chandler's wide base became a little bit too much, uh, and you know started to ground the pound. If Ferguson caught him open with some good elbows, and that that's a thing you got to watch out for with Ferguson when you're on the ground, when you're up top, and and uh, you know clinch or, or if you're real close, you got to watch out for those elbows because they'll cut you up very fast. Yeah, he, he stunned Chandler early. You know what I mean? I mean. Ferguson came out that first minute, two minutes, and I mean, immediately it was like, shit, he might win this fight. You know what I mean? And uh-huh. like you said, Chandler just, he literally like body slammed him to the ground. And yeah. 
Ferguson handled it very well. Don't get me wrong. Chandler is an animal. He's so strong. But, yeah, once once that fight went to the ground, it was over, in my opinion. Yeah, and the second round, 17 seconds in. Oh my God. Chandler just front-kicked Ferguson right in the chin, and he went flat out on his face. Uh, like, like I said, I hope he's okay. It, it's a shame, honestly, because I think Ferguson could have won that fight. Yeah. Uh, I think those fighters are fairly equal in talent-wise. I disagree, but I know what you're saying. You you have to respect Chandler at at, at this point in the game. I, I, I never really liked him because I, I feel like he was low-key an asshole. But, you know, at, at this point, you got to give him respect. He'll fight anybody, anytime, anywhere, any place. Kind, kind of like a Justin Gaethje guy, if that makes sense. Gaethje, Just like Gaethje. And yeah. He'll, kind he'll, of ironic that they had that incredible fight in December. Absolutely. Uh. Chandler called some people out, I believe. Conor Tiger. Yeah, one seventy Logan, right? Yeah. Which would be um, welterweight, correct? Yes. Yeah, I mean they'd be moving up. I mean, if if you're McGregor, you would take that fight. Why wouldn't you? He's oh, a top. Fi- Chandler's a top five fighter. He tweeted. He tweeted out. He said, "I'm, I'm down to fight this guy." And he, yeah, and it wasn't any like trash talk. It wasn't. It wasn't bullshit. It wasn't you know, fuck this guy. It was like. Let's go. I'm down. I'm about it. Like this is going to be a clash. We're going to make some money. Let's do it. But I feel like there's a lot of repetition in this card. Somebody else also called out McGregor, which we will yeah get but to. But before before we move on to the snooze fest that was the co-main event, yeah. let me just say, like you said, Michael Chandler, incredibly, he's a douchebag, but he's a very likable douchebag in my opinion. Sure. Um, that is by far the greatest knockout I've ever seen. It reminded me a lot of the Anderson Silva. If people haven't seen it, it's on YouTube. It's incredible. Um, in a title fight, I think it was Vitor Belfort, correct? Had a front kick on, I think it was Vitor. It was Belfort or it was, um, what's his name? Come back to me. Oh, okay. I can't, I but can't, I mean. Loyota Machida. It might have been Machida, yeah. They're standing there just looking at each other and literally Silva just like whips his foot up and knocks the dude out. Like, and it, it was it. Belfort. And I think Chandler's was slightly more impressive. Belfort. It, it was Belfort. Yeah, that's right. It was Vitor. Yeah. I mean, this is the greatest knockout I've seen. And the best part is after the fight, Logan and I watched a little bit of the, uh, the recap and um, they had Chandler on and he was like, yeah, I just caught him with a kick that I really never practice. It just, I caught him and it, 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 it knocked him out and that was it's it. Not- I hope he's okay. I was like, how – but th- that only makes me respect him more. How incredible is that? He's like, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I really don't practice that. That's just how good he is. That's how great he is. Absolutely. And, yeah, part of what made that knockout so great is just you completely did not expect it. I mean – We went we went silent. Yeah, obviously – It was 20 seconds into the round. Right. Exactly. Obviously, that ground and pound, it had to take effect on Ferguson, but I did not think he was, like, about to get knocked out. And, yeah, me and – like Ryan said, we just completely went silent and just looked at each other. We we had no words. Dude, I jumped out of my off the off the couch. I was like, "Holy shit! Like, what just happened? Like, we we had no words. It was like, oh my god, that was freaking wild." And then it was like, "Wow!" Like that ended, and it's like, "Holy shit! We have two title fights. They're both hyped up right now. Like, let's go!" And we went from the greatest knockout I've ever seen to literally the worst fight I've ever seen on a pay-per-view card, possibly I've ever seen. I thought 
over the summer, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and Gilbert Burns fought in a fight, and Declan and I talked about it. It was a really hyped-up fight. It wasn't great, and it was really disappointing. I think you saw that fight as well, too, Logan. Yeah. But it was a disappointing fight. And there, I would watch that fight 10 times out of 10 over the Rose Nami Yunus carla Esparza fight. And they're both very, very talented fighters, and I love Rose. And it was, like, the worst fight ever. I'll, I'll let you talk about it, Declan, because I got a lot to say about this fight. I have a fun fact. I have to pull up the stats, but I believe out of the Chandler-Ferguson fight and the Rose-Carla Esparza fight, there were more strikes landed. Yeah, okay. So there was more strikes landed in the Ferguson-Chandler fight than there were in the Rose-Namunas-Carla Esparza fight. So Uh, in five minutes and 17 seconds, there was more than in 25 minutes. Yeah. It's pathetic. Uh, the, the Rose fight had 68 punches landed. The Chandler Ferguson fight had, uh, 70 punches landed. It, it, it was, it was the fight of, you know, waiting for when Rose was going to turn it on. I, I think, I think she was worried about pushing the pace and getting taken down. Cause I think she knows in the back of her head, she's lost to this woman before. And she knows how she's done it. She's made a dumb mistake. She she was countered off a leg kick, and she was taken down. And she she was ended up being submit, submitted. Now, by no means does that justify for what we saw last night, because because it, it doesn't. But uh, honestly, I blame the coaches more than more, more than her. Although her as a fighter, she needs to realize that she needs she needs to push the pace, or she's going to lose the fight. And I think that's on both sides because Carla didn't even know it was the fifth round, but Carla did a little more than Rose did. And I, 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 I give kudos to Carla for knowing that, Hey, if I do just a little bit more than Rose does every round, I'm going to win this fight just a little bit. Cause Rose isn't doing anything, but yeah, absolutely. This was an absolute snooze fest it was this was terrible but i agree i blame her coaches because the whole time in between every single uh period she would go back to her corner and her coaches would tell her you're doing good you're doing what you're supposed to do you hear all those boos yeah that's what you want but that is not what you want i mean she she wasn't even she didn't even like try to win the fight that's how she was fighting she was fighting to lose not to win and it was terrible and you're right. Es- Esparza didn't even do that much, but she just she just did enough to. Rose did so little that the little bit Esparza did was more. That's how that's how bad it was. Yeah, this was absolutely terrible. Neither of these fighters deserve to win this fight. I'm gonna say that first. The short stuff. There's anything else you want to say before I? I'm gonna be real. Go on. Probably a small little rant. Go ahead. Oh, you can go. Um, I love Thug Rose Nami Yunus. An incredible talent. She's still very young. It's only her 17th pro fight. That fight was hot garbage. It's a co-main event. It's a title fight. And neither, like I just said, neither Carla Esparza or Rose Namajunas deserved to win that fight. To say that Carla Esparza did just enough, which was hardly anything, she did not do enough to win a title. In any, literally any other title fight you've ever seen. She did not do enough to win a freaking title, okay? Rose, you're right. 
both of you are right. Her coaches are very much to blame for this loss. Rose also is very much to blame for this loss. It's terrible coaching, but I'm sorry. You get to a certain point. She didn't turn it on until round five, and she barely even turned it on in round five. She might have had two minutes of like, oh, Rose looks okay. Not even good. Okay. She she did absolute shit during the fight, and it was pathetic. It was incredibly disappointing to watch. It, It was so bad. I mean, she fought scared. I'm sorry. She fought scared. No matter what the coaches are telling her, no matter, you're correct that, you know, she had a bad past with Carla in the sense that she lost once before. It was in the back of her mind. But, like, she fought scared, and you can't fight scared, A, in a championship fight, but as a champion. Like, I'm sorry. Rose just was pathetic last night. And I love her to death. I will watch any fight she's in. I love seeing her on any, you know, pay-per-view cards. But, like, that that was I don't I don't want to see that rematch and I'm I'm sure it's going to be a rematch. I don't even want to watch it. I want to see a rematch. I don't. It's how do you want to see a rematch a rematch after just such a bullshit fight that we saw last night? Because I think Rose realized that what she did, and I think the next fight she'll turn it on and she'll win the title back. I think I think she's the best fighter in that division. And I don't it, disagree, but like she doesn't deserve to be a champion right now. I I, I mean. I, I, I think she's the better fighter. Obviously, yes, she, she fought the worst fight. But that fight is so close, and it, honestly, it was so hard to judge. I don't uh, think it was close. I hate to say it. Logan and I talked about it last night. I, I think for I as bad as, as, bad as that, as I don't bad as that fight was. Judge round one, two, and three. I, 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 uh, maybe round one. Carla barely did enough in round two and round three. Rose did nothing in either of the first three rounds. And Carla won round four as well, and quite possibly could have won round five. So Rose may have won one, one round. Or I think Rose won five. I can't judge any of the three. Yeah, I disagree. But I can't judge round one, round two, and round three. Uh, Carla might have got one or two extra hits. And I'm, I'm not even saying, like, one or two being – I'm being completely literal when I say that. Um, there's no sarcasm in that. And uh, I don't I don't want to see that fight again. I'll watch it, of course, obviously. But I don't want to see that fight again. For as much as you say Rose woke up, you know, maybe, like, after that wakes her up, as a champion, A, you can't let that be the reason why it wakes you up. You can't lose a belt to be like, oh, I'm awake now. Because the same thing happened against Andrade. And I know she was in a terrible place mentally and this and that. But, like, this is now the second time. Oh, great wake-up call for Rose. Like, I, I don't I don't like that at all. And who's to say that her coaching will say anything different? You know what I mean? Maybe, oh, attack a little bit more. But... Uh, they 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 coached scared and they fought scared and scared money don't make money, so I that's all I have to say about that fight. I it's that was so bad. I I don't, I don't know. In my opinion, if you're going if you're if you're somebody that that fights very very good on your feet and you're you're going against a wrestler, what is your main goal? Not to get taken down, but you can't fight to lose. I, I'm sorry. I know what you're saying, but that's not. You, that's not a mentality you can have in a fucking championship fight. There's a reason why you're a champion. What happened in the past happened in the past. You're a better fighter now than you were before. Okay? You know what I mean? Like A lot better fighter than she was before. Yeah. Like, I mentally and physically in such a better place than she was when when she was beaten by Carla Esparza. Like, that's... Mm-hmm. I get it. I don't want to argue with you too much, but it's... That, that, that really worked me up last night. I was so upset. It was so bad. 
<laughs> Want to talk about the main event that barely even lasted a round? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Go ahead, dude. Uh, so the main event was the lightweight title fight between Charles Dubronx Oliveira and Justin Gaethje. Oliveira ended up winning by submission in the first round due to rear naked choke. Oliveira just lit it up again. He's and phenomenal. Honestly, when that fight against Chandler happened, Oliveira versus Chandler, I, I was I was pissed because I thought it should be I thought Gaethje was the best fighter in the division, and clearly I'm wrong. Yeah, Oliveira's number one, and it's yeah. Although I think if they fight again, if they fight nine times or ten times, it's it's not gonna it's gonna be closer than it was, in my opinion. I don't know. I mean, that was a really close first round. Besides that submission, that was a really close round. Gagey, I thought he about knocked Oliveira out once or twice in that in that fight. Mm-hmm. And Oliveira, I think it's so much about him, like. He just about knocked out Gagey too before he submitted him. Yeah. My ah. biggest my biggest takeaway from this fight, and I know, you know, I'll go to Logan right after this and he'll agree with me, is when Gagey knocked down Oliveira, and the same thing happened with Poirier in the last title fight Oliveira was in. When they knock Oliveira down, and I understand, and it's on it's a lot like Carla Esparza in a sense with how good her wrestling is. Nobody wants to go on the ground. You know what I mean? Usually you knock a fighter down and you jump right on top of him and you try to beat him up and, and end the fight right then. Nobody does that. Nobody does that with Charles Oliveira. Michael Chandler did it. And he knew that Oliveira would try to submit him and he put him in a guillotine right away and almost choked him out before Oliveira ended up you know, recovering and then knocking him out early in round two in that fight to win the title originally. Gagey knocked him down twice. And let him get back up immediately. Didn't even make an attempt to jump on top of him. And I think that only proves how far Oliveira has come. Not only, obviously, with his submissions. He's got the most submissions in UFC history. But mm. as a striker in, in the UFC, you know, Logan and I definitely agreed with that. No, absolutely. Yeah, that just goes to show just how dominant he is. Because you're right. The fact that Gaethje, he every time he knocked him down, he just backed up. Because, yeah, he was scared to go on the ground with him, which I can't say I blame him. You can't blame him. Yeah, he is absolutely phenomenal on the ground. And, yeah, it just goes to show just how dominant Oliveira really is in this division. And, I mean, I I get that the .5 pounds, they had to take the title away because if you don't, then why do you really even have weight classes if you don't punish him for missing weight? But it's very obvious that whenever they do have the fight to determine the champion, I mean – how do you not put him in it? I mean, there's nobody, there's nobody else who can mess with this guy right now. Yeah, like, and in case, one in case you didn't, in case you didn't hear, Oliveira came in five tenths of a pound over weight. You know, and and in, in non-title fights, you can be there's a catch weight of one pound, I believe, right? Is it one or two pounds, Declan? It's one pound. Well, it's one pound. Yeah, you can be one pound over, um, no penalty other than you know, and then over that, it's like 30% of your purse, whatever it is, you know, you agree upon. But in title fights, there's no catch weight. It's nothing. It's you have it or you don't. And it's the first time in UFC history that somebody was disqualified, essentially. You know, he was still allowed to fight, but, the t- you know, had his title vacated because he was overweight. It's the first time in history. And I thought that would light a fire under Gagey, and I think it did. But I think that Oliver is just a bad dude, man. He He is a bad man. And... 
I'm sure Declan, if you want to talk a little bit more about it, it's I, he's, I, I he's so fun to watch. I think he's the second best fighter in the division. No, I think he's number one, and I know what you're going to go with. I think Islam is number two, and I think that is the fight to make. I think we yeah, all, so I think all three here, of us can agree on that. Here's what, I, here, here's what I'd do if I'm the UFC right now. I'd book Poirier versus Gaethje. I'd book Chandler versus McGregor. And I would do Oliveira versus Makachev. The winner of Chandler and McGregor fights for the belt. If Poirier looks very impressive, might have to make him sit. They're gonna they're gonna give the fight to McGregor if McGregor if McGregor beats Chandler. They're gonna give him the title fight. This is the UFC. Come on. Okay, I understand that, but even after the way he lost to Poirier. Yes. Yeah. Oh, of course. yes. They're listen. I'm telling you right now, they they're gonna give him the title fight. I don't see it. I don't. I don't. I, I don't. Think, I don't think Dana'll do it. I really don't. I, honestly, I think I think Chandler would beat McGregor. I do too. I think Chandler would beat McGregor, but but McGregor McGregor makes he he sells and and that and that McGregor versus Russia if Makachev wins that feud, yeah, it, it it'll it'll spark and yes they they will a hundred percent give him that fight and he'll get his ass beat. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't be surprised, but who knows if you if you see him come out against Chandler and absolutely destroy him, then who knows he he might be able to go out there and beat Makachev. Yeah, I don't see it, but I know what you're saying. It. it in my opinion, Makachev is the best fighter in the division. He has no, he has not been slowed down, not even a little bit. Nobody has even like gone in in his way. He's gotten into his way. Now, this could be the lack of not fighting talent. A lot of people don't know if he's for real or not. Oh, kind of like Habib, kind of kind of funny, isn't it? Uh, oh, of course, of course. But we all know Habib was great. Of course, he's just—he was an incredible fighter. He just—he was very, very good in his timing. <laughs> Got to give him that. I still think he would have beaten the best. You know what I mean? I mean, he fought Gagey. He fought McGregor. McGregor wasn't what he was, but he was still a great fighter. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's beaten the best. You can't but say he hasn't. He beat Poirier after after this fight from Makachev against Tiago Moses. I believe he fought. There's. It's only up from here. You're only going to fight guys like Darius, Ferguson, Oliveira, Gaethje, Poirier, McGregor, Chandler from now on. He's a top five fighter in the in the in probably the best weight class in the UFC, in my opinion. I think he's top. I think he's number one fighter. I think he's number two, but we agree to disagree. What do you, you know? What Logan? I'm curious. What do you think? I don't know how much you've seen Islam. Um, what do you think though? I mean, try to take a recency bias from Oliveira out from last night. But what do you think? No, I also do think he's number two, but I think it. I think it's close, and I would love. I do think that this needs to be the fight to determine the title, him and Oliveira, because I one. I mean, it's going to be a great fight, of course, but yeah, I. It's obviously those two are the top two, and it's great. And they counteract. It could really go either way. They counteract each other perfectly. Yep. Absolutely. One's a wrestler. One's a jujitsu. Yeah, it's, and it's it's funny because Makachev fights great on top. And Oliveira fights better on his back. Yep. So they 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 counter they counteract each other literally perfectly. I will say though, if you're a non, I mean, I guess you can call us hardcore UFC fan. You know what I mean? Um, we watch pretty much all the pay per views. We watch the fight nights and stuff like that. But anybody who's more so a oh McGregor's on there, I want to watch it. Oh Masvidal's on there, I'm going to watch it. If if you're one of those guys, I have a feeling Oliveira Makachev. Probably not going to be the fight for you. But, like, UFC fans, 
salivating over that fight. You have to be. Absolutely. But, I mean, overall, I think also a shout-out to DeShorts. Um, big birthday yesterday. Uh, happy happy belated again. You know, Thank we, you. we talked, obviously. Um, great birthday present by the UFC for you. Yeah. It's a phenomenal card. Even yeah. though the prelims were great, too. Yeah. Uh, weird, weird, weird card. It was very weird. I think this is the weirdest card I've ever seen. Honestly. Yeah. Very much looking forward to uh, – I thought I was excited for 274. Uh, then they showed the uh, the fight card for 276 in July, and I'm like, holy shit, that's going to be a good one. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, this, the, the 275 card is going to be good, too. Yeah, absolutely. We have – let's see. Oh, Robert Whitaker versus Vittori was canceled. That's a shame. God damn it. Um, our, our title fight, Glover Teixeira versus Yuri Prohaska. Yuri is an animal. Uh, I, I literally was telling Logan about that last night. It's, Yuri, it's Yuri, dude. Fight, I think. He's the future of the division, plain and simple. You know, Valentina Shevchenko going going against uh, the Santos girl. Never heard of her in my life, but she has one loss. That's interesting. Yeah, Shevchenko's um, bulletproof. She's not losing that fight. I promise. She won't. Joanna Zhang, too. I cannot wait for that fight. That's that's going to be bloodbath, dude. Yeah, no, it's going to be a great card. And 276 is going to be even better. Yeah, I mean, any fight, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, Volkanovski and Holloway is a co-main. <laughs> That's how good this card is, dude. I hope Holloway wins. Oh, you and I both do. Oh, I, mean, I, I know that wins. you hate Volkanovski, and I, I I like him, but we have Sugar it's, it's Holloway. Sugar Sean, Misha Tate's fighting. We Sean, have Sean, Sean Strickland, Strickland, who's phenomenal. Yeah, versus uh, Alex Piera, who's a uh, a young upcomer. Dude, Uriah Hall and Jessica I, Macy Barber, like, Brad Tavares, all these guys are on the undercard. Robbie like, Lawler. Yeah, like, it's, that's, the pre, like, that's one of those fights where I'm going to have to take off. I'm going to watch the prelims and the pay-per-view. Like, I have to watch Absolutely. both. Absolutely. You're not here July 2nd, are you? Uh, unless I make a surprise visit home, no. <laughs> Darn. I know. We'll, we'll talk. Maybe I can try, but I'll be up. The weekend of the twenty third. That's my my time home. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. I'll I'll see what I can do. No promises, big dog. So, yeah, that's that's some good UFC talk. Um, you know, I mean, almost thirty minutes of UFC talk. I think we're we we went into that pretty well. Um, you cool if you move into some NBA, brother? So the NBA, I I have a lot to talk about here. Let me pull up my things that I've going on. So the second round matchups. There is Phoenix. Let's, let's go one by one. First, let, let me get let me get my predictions because I, I I'm sorry I missed last week. I I wasn't feeling well. I think I had a little bit of sinus infection. Not sure though. Like I said, I apologize. I'm I'm a bitch. Um, <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> so we had number one seed Heat against the number four seed. Yes, Sixers. Um, I think Sixers win the series. They looked. I I think they looked phenomenal. Not phenomenal. I'm sorry. They 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 outplayed Miami in every aspect. Yeah, you know, I was at work watching, um, so I really didn't get to watch the game. Unfortunately, we were popping on Friday night. It was good for my wallet, bad for my Sixers fandom. Um, <laughs> Logan uh, luckily was able to watch the the um, I almost said the fight. We're talking so much UFC. <laughs> was able. I mean, it was a fight. It was a dog fight between these two teams. The whole series has been, in my opinion, other than Game Two, and Miami. They are incredibly deep, but my thing, man, when they are cold, 
they are so cold. Yep. I mean, Jimmy, you know, 12 of 22, 33 points. He had 33 of their 79 points. He had over a third of their points. Yeah. I One other person in uh, double figures, um, believe it was Tyler Harrow. Yeah, and he shot 5 of 15. Uh, he's their X Factor, Tyler Hero. But immediately, not to step on your toes, you know, it's a Schwartz. Uh, Joel neutralized Bam immediately. Um, didn't play great offensively, was exhausted. And understandably, in my opinion. Uh, but I'll let Logan talk a little bit about, I know Miami missed a lot of shots. I asked Logan, the first thing I, you know, when I got home was, do you think it was more of Miami just not shooting well, or was it more of Philly's defense causing Miami to not shoot? Well? Very good on defense. You saw Niang running, like hustling up the court and tonight it's, it's a must win for Philly. You got to win tonight at home. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Sixers did play great defense in that game. I, I got to see the second half, and yeah, the Sixers played great, and you're right, the Heat, oh my goodness. They couldn't they, buy a bucket. They either. couldn't do anything. If it wasn't for, I mean, y'all already won by 20, but if it wasn't for Jimmy, I would have hate to saw how much that score would have been if it wasn't for Jimmy, because he was the only one who could do anything. But yeah, no, it was a it was a great game for sure, and I'm, I am happy. I'm glad the Sixers got the win. Embiid looked good. He didn't shoot great, but I mean, eighteen and eleven. He didn't have to shoot great. Yeah, eighteen of eleven coming back. I so mean, you got Danny asked for much more. Green, green, green. Dan, do Danny Green? Oh yeah, saved Danny the first green. half, and then Maxi went nutty in the second half. Lighten it up. What Maxi? He didn't score in the first Maxie half. Maxi had at all? zero points yeah. in the first half, and scored all twenty-one and of his first, points in the second half. He, he didn't get his first bucket until th- uh, like. Nine minutes into the third quarter. Yeah, it went nutty in the fourth. And even Harden dropping 17. I mean, yeah, this was a huge game for the Sixers, and it definitely uh, it definitely makes me more confident that they can pull out this series. So not, Logan, Logan, very much, we talked a lot about it, at, you know, at length, and I think we both agree whoever wins tonight wins the series. Eight o'clock game. Going to try to have we're, – we're actually it's, – it's about noon, just after noon uh, on Sunday, Mother's Day. Game's at 8 o'clock tonight. I'm going to try to have this episode edited and up uh, before the game airs tonight. So, you know, you might still be listening after the game, obviously. Um, I – you know, and the Hurricanes play at 1230, so I may even just watch that. <laughs> but I will have the podcast, if not up tonight on Sunday. It'll be up on Monday at some point. And um, – Whoever wins game four wins the series, in my opinion. How do you feel about that, Jacqueline? Uh, I think if Miami wins tonight, they win the series. If if the Sixers win tonight, I could still see Miami winning. But you're going into Miami with the momentum, obviously. With all of the momentum and all, your best player. All, all the momentum, you have to feel great. And what I think is so, so unique about this East playoffs is all four of these teams are very different. If this makes sense, no, it makes they're all completely different, and it's they're all awesome to watch. And you know, I I I, I described all these teams in four words: Sixers have the talent, the Bucks have the experience, the Heat have the depth, and the Celtics got the fire. The defense, in my opinion, yeah, yeah, the fire. The the, the Celtics are are hot. Even yeah, they they're down they're down one two to the Bucks. They they were hot. He are so deep. I I think Sixers. Have the best the the most star power. Obviously, you you would think, right? 
Um, I think they have he the best starting started, lineup. They have the best starting I guess, lineup. I mean, Embiid, superstar, obviously. Harden is still I, – I think I'm out on him as a top 10 player, but he's still a top 15, 20 player. Tyrese Maxey is on his way to being a top 15, 20 player. And Tobias Harris is the best number four in the NBA. Yeah, he's he's been the most consistent scorer in this. Yeah. Obviously, he had nine points. He didn't play well. But you know what? He didn't have to. And it was nice. No. No, Finally, didn't. they were able to reward him. It's like, you know what, Tobias? We got you. We're going to pick you up. You've been carrying us, literally carrying us through the playoffs. First round, second round, doing everything. And you know what? Take a seat. We got this, bro. Don't even worry about it. Absolutely. Like I said, I if the Heat win tonight, I see the Heat winning the series. But if the Sixers win tonight, I think the Sixers. I, I can still. See we all agree on that, yeah. Winning. But I, I, I think the Sixers win. It's, I, I just, I just think they're a better team. I, I don't know. I, I just, I just think they're a better team. I agree. Let, let's let's stop talking about this. Let's move over to the other side of the bracket, one versus four, Mavericks against the Suns. Mavericks took a nine-point win Friday night, and they are down 2-1 in the series. Logan, do you see your Mavs still getting a chance to win? Uh, actually, yes, I do think they have a chance. Uh, it's Of course, it's not 100%. Tonight will be a huge factor into that. But absolutely, they played fantastic defense this last game in game three. And also, finally in this series, Luka got help on offense. That was our biggest problem is he averaged 40 in the first two games, but no one else could score. And, you know, you can't win a game with one person scoring. And that was the biggest thing. Brunson finally showed up in this series and scored 28. Bullock had 15. Finney Smith had 14. Kleba had 14 off the bench. Actually played most of the game. And, yeah, if they can keep up this level of defense – to shut down, especially Devin Booker and CP3, I definitely – and if people show up to help Lucas score. And we know Jalen Brunson specifically has showed he can do that. And if they can do that consistently, absolutely. I do think it is possible that they can take the series. Sure. I mean, of course, all, all the series are, are 2-1 right now. There's no 3-0. Or, yeah, they're all 2-1. Yeah, and all all the home teams actually won this weekend, Friday, Saturday. If you're if you are down to one, you have to win your game four. Yeah, of course. That's how it's always seen in the NBA. If you don't win, if you don't win game four when you're down to one, you lose the series. Mm-hmm. It, it it happens all the time. I still think Suns win. Unless I, you're Doc Rivers, I I could I could see the Mavericks winning. You know, I, I the Suns are good. I like the Suns in six, I think. That's fair. Yeah, Suns in six. I think Phoenix does win a really close one tonight. I think Dallas wins uh, a hell of a game five looking ahead. And I think Phoenix, kind of like their series against New Orleans, doesn't put together a great game in, great, in game six, but I think they do just enough to win in Dallas in game six in a close game. But, I mean, I think this is a phenomenal series. No, Absolutely. I just think I just think the factor of DeAndre Ayton is just a little bit too much, and CP3 is he's an assassin, you know. So they just, they have so many pieces on that team that can drop twenty. They're, they're incredible, dude. They're so, good. so we have the Bucks against the Celtics. The Bucks won 
last night after the Celtics missed the last second tip. Like four tips. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, so to set the stage, uh, Milwaukee goes up 103 to 100. Uh, Drew Holiday hits a floater. Like, I think, I want to say it was 198. Boston was actually up. And then, or 199, I'm sorry. It was like a one-point game back and forth, trading buckets. Uh, Tatum couldn't hit anything. People were helping him a lot, obviously. But then it turned into, I think Giannis got a bucket, and then Drew Holiday put up a floater as the shot clock expired, roll late in the game to go up by three. And Marcus Smart, they had an inbound play. He went to go shoot. And they held him down, and they called it on the floor. It was very much a judgment call. It could have went either way, in my opinion. And they called it on the floor. They didn't review it. That's what it was. He makes the first free throw to go up by to go down by two. Cut it to one hundred three, one hundred one. He intentionally misses the second free throw, perfectly off the rim to himself, and he just misses a tip. It gets tipped up one more time, misses. I think Robert Williams might have tipped it once, and then the final tip, Horford does tip it in but the ball is still in his hand as time expires in just a wild, wild end of the game. And um, Milwaukee ends up taking a 2-1 lead. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I, I think I'm still going to lean Milwaukee. I think this is going to go to seven games because both these teams are just so great. But when it comes down to it, you know, Giannis in particular, the best player on the planet, I definitely have to wow. second best. Second. Who's the first? Kevin Durant. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Kevin Durant, Giannis, Joel. <laughs> Am I wrong? I like I just like the little wink you just gave me. Because <laughs> Joel's number three. He's way better than Jokic. But <laughs> <laughs> he's up to. I can't not. It's it's in my DNA. But yeah, at the end of the day. I'm leaning Milwaukee in seven for this series. I agree with that. Yeah, I, I'm down to clown with Milwaukee in this series. <laughs> okay, good. I'm, I'm happy you're down to clown. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, the last game, oh, my God, dude, Golden State manhandled. You know, it's so funny. Memphis actually went up 23-13 to 13 early. And from that point, Golden State outscored them by 40 points. It was twenty three to thirteen. Golden State won one forty two to one twelve. Wow. I I mean, looking at the box score, you know, Jaron Jackson fifteen, Desmond Bain sixteen, Jaw did all he could. He shot thirteen to twenty one. He played really well. Thirty four. He points. left the game. Yeah, his knee. I I'm a little worried. They're not. I mean, obviously they're not. They're not doing anything without Jaw. I know they get Dylan Brooks back in Game Four, but no Jaw. They're not winning another game in the series. No. Um. Curry had 30, Thompson had 21, Wiggins had 17, Jonathan Kaminga had 18 and started. Um, they changed it up a lot. Otto Porter Jr., 13 off the bench. Jordan Poole doing Jordan Poole things, 27. Golden State shot 63% for the entire game. That's wild. That's insanity, dude. That, those are literally 2K numbers. Yeah. Uh, 53% from three. And you know what? Memphis actually shot 43.5% from the field 37 percent from three in a normal game you have a chance to win mm-hmm. golden state I, they just they're a machine lights out lights lights out bro like nutty lights out like chandler and ferguson <sighs> i know De- declan loves tony ferguson i and i, I enjoy him too but I, i'm i'm a chandler guy but no 
Go ahead and talk about this. Uh, some more basketball, Declan. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I think I think this this is just getting a little too physical for the Grizzlies. I agree. Uh, that, Which that... is so funny, you know. Sorry to cut you off. The Grizzlies, you know, for me growing up, when they had their grit and grind, you know what I mean. OJ Mayo was on some of those teams. Rudy Gay, sure. Conley, Gasol, Zebo, Randolph, like, and a Battier was there off and on for a little while. They had some some really, really good teams. Uh, Dave Yeager, coach, you know, Lionel Hollins. Um, that Grizzlies team, I think, would be phenomenal against this Warriors team. And this Warriors team can't handle it. They're just – they're young. And it's not, even, it's not even that they're young. They're just – Golden State is so good. They're, they're so, they can win in so many ways. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And they, they have so many pieces. Jordan Poole is absolutely phenomenal. If Jonathan, if Jonathan Kaminga is going to start playing the way he's playing now, 8 of 10, 2 of 4 from 3, 18 points, mm-hmm. oh, like, look out. And they're, they're doing this without Wiggins. Like, Draymond had 5 and points. And not Wiggins, I'm sorry, without um, Wiseman. Excuse me. Yeah. yeah, Wiggins is playing. He played phenomenal. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they don't even – It's they're so good. <laughs> I, I have nothing bad to say about Golden State. Yeah, it's it's, it's hard to say anything bad about them. So, so serious predictions. We think Golden State wins. I got him in six. Okay. Um. I mean, if Jaw doesn't play, I have him in five. I agree. Honest. You agree on that, Logan? Yeah. Yeah. Without Jaw, five. With him, six. Yeah, six. Um. We all have Milwaukee in seven, maybe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dallas and Phoenix. I hate to go against, you know, Logan's squad, but I, I like Phoenix and six. six. Yeah, I'm still leaning Phoenix and six just because at this point, you don't know what you're going to show up with based on what we've seen so far in the series. And you know what you're going to get out of Phoenix. Right, yeah, you exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know you know what Phoenix is going to do. Um, and then I know you said Sixers in six or seven, Declan. Uh, I'd like to lean Sixers in seven. I, I just said, like, I think. I think game four – Winner of Game Four wins the series, in my opinion, and I know Logan and I both agree on that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, if six and seven, if the Sixers win tonight, oh uh, yeah, Sixers and seven, they won't win four in a row. I think Miami's too good to yeah. do that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'd I'd absolutely love to see them close out in six and you know win four in a row with the big guy. Absolutely. But I do love Jimmy Butler still, so <laughs> I I think I'd love it even more if they won in seven in Miami. It'd be so sweet. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, what do you think? Want to go? Uh, Want to talk some NHL playoffs? Because that's been a lot of fun. Or sure. Top ten. Let's go. Let's 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 look at the NHL playoffs. Cool. Logan and I were actually lucky enough to go to Game Two, Hurricanes and Bruins, on Wednesday night. And uh, all I can say is, good God, the Canes are great. I mean, they lost Game Three. Boston came out and they played the way they needed to. But, like, that place was jumping, dude. That was my first ever playoff game. I've been to plenty of, you know, games, obviously, NHL. That was Logan's first game, playoff, non-playoff. Uh, so, I'll let him talk a little about, you know, the atmosphere and, you know, what, what he might have thought a little bit from that game. Oh, yeah. No, that first off, the game was absolutely fantastic. I'm really glad that I've gotten into hockey lately because even before that game, we've been watching hockey at the house. I've watched some games at my house during the season. And, yeah, first, so I'm glad I got into hockey. The game was fantastic. 
it was absolutely electric in oh that scene. God, it was insane, dude. I um, chose like right now thinking about it. Like, yeah, it's... it was it was awesome, and yeah, the Hurricanes absolutely played out of their minds during that game. It was uh, it was just a phenomenal experience all around to get the root for them. Boston did end up winning, you know, game three in Boston. We got two one Toronto over Tampa. They've been back and forth in their games. The Avalanche are up three zero on the Predators. I thought. Nashville would make it a little closer. There was one overtime game, game two, in Colorado that Colorado hung on to win. Nashville might win one, um, but I, I think Colorado very well may sweep. I think I like them in five, but they might sweep at this point. I Panthers, got in five. Yeah, Panthers and Capitals, I was shocked, you know, yesterday to see. The Panthers actually went, you know, they, they went 1-1. They lost game one. Good game, though. Smoked the Caps in game, in game two. They went up one nothing in Washington yesterday and gave up six straight goals and lost six to one to the Capitals. They are in real trouble. I promise you. Ovi is still playing out of his mind. I, I how do you not love Ovechkin? I even as a Flyers fan, it's like he's just so good. Mm-hmm. I hope he breaks the record. I really do. Logan squad Dallas stealing a game game three against Calgary, who was my pick to actually go to the the finals. Um, I, I'd love to be wrong if it means the Stars go on. If I'm rooting for my my boys squad. I still think Calgary wins in six or seven, but that's the stars are really showing up. They're they're playing really well right now. It's good to see. I do think it's Carolina series to win still. Um, also, my parents actually Saturday night went to the uh, the Rangers and Penguins game. Um, I don't know if you saw Declan. Four one Penguins after the first period. It was crazy. Wow. They, pull, they pulled Shesterkin. You know the, he's going to be the Vizina the Vizina winner trophy the trophy winner. For the Rangers, they pulled him after the first. They let him play the first, didn't bring him back. And all of a sudden, the Rangers scored three in the second and tied at four. And it was tied at four going to the third. And the Penguins scored one. And then, was it two empty netters? Mm-hmm. They, they put in two empty netters to win seven to four in just a wild game. Um, I know the, I'm sure the parents slept very, very well last night after that big, big dub. Absolutely. Um, Logan, what have you seen so far in the playoffs? I know to look today, we have Hurricanes and Bruins. It should be starting any minute, actually, um, in twelve twenty four right now as we're recording. Um, it'll be starting in the next, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes. Wild and Blues, uh, Minnesota is up 2-1. I think they're really starting to assert their will against St. Louis. I think that's a six-game series for the Wild. Um, I, think, I, I think the Wild I, are frauds. You think the Wild are frauds, really? I, I, I just... We're going to find out soon. If they win today, they're up 3-1. Yeah, I like the Blues. Okay. They're comfortable where they're at, you know, not being the underdog. And I just I don't I don't think the Wild are that good. I disagree, but that's okay. I, I think Minnesota is tough and physical and they, they can play with anybody. I think Tampa bounces back tonight in game four. I think they're gonna even the series. But I still think Toronto wins in seven. I think that's a seven gamer no matter who wins. Um Wait, you think Toronto's gonna win a series? I know. I, I, we talked about that last week on the pod with our predictions. It's like Tampa's back-to-back cup champions. They're just not the same. They've lost some pieces. Uh, Vasilevsky hasn't looked quite as inhuman this year as he usually does. And one of these years, Tampa's going to win. A, I mean, Tampa. Toronto's going to win a series one of these years. Eventually, it's going to happen. And I think this is the year to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just so, they're, they're, they're so freaking good, dude. Like, it's, it's stupid. You look at that roster. Oilers and Kings. Kings won game one, I believe, in a really close game. Oilers have kind of stepped it up the last two games. McDavid and Drysdale, I don't see them 
giving the series up. I think they're going to win in five, actually, maybe maybe mm-hmm. six. But I think they're going to just jump mm-hmm. and sweep them. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think, Logan? Some of the playoff talk. Uh, yeah, for the most part, I agree. I think uh, the Hurricanes get the win tonight, go up 3-1, coming back to Carolina. Yeah, I'm going to go Minnesota in six. The mm, dude, lightning and leaves is a toss. Yeah, you know I'm gonna go lightning and seven. Okay, but I I do agree. I think it goes seven. Uh, it should be a great series. And then yeah, I think I think the last game yeah it's gonna be a gentleman sweep. Now to look back from some of the stuff yesterday, like I said, I I, th- I do think the Flames come back and win the series of six or seven. I think the Penguins they're up two one. I think that series goes six or seven. They've been so back and forth in those games. Avalanche, that's not going to be a series. The Panthers and Capitals, if this goes seven, the Capitals are going to win the series. I think the Panthers have to win three in a row now. I think if it goes seven, the Caps are going to pull off the upset. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're a battle-tested squad. They have – I mean, they're still, they're still good at the pieces who, you know, that won that title a few years ago against Vegas. Mm-hmm. And being up 2-1, they got to feel confident right now. Game four is at home, and you're up 2-1. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, Florida's going to come out with some urgency you would expect on Monday night, but, you know, tomorrow night. But, dude, I don't know. I really – I thought it was maybe a six-game series for Florida. They were my pick to go to, I believe, the – I think I had Calgary and, and Florida. And, you know, naturally, they're both down 2-1. So, <laughs> great start for Jacobs. <laughs> but, I mean, the NHL playoffs – They've lived up to the expectations. They are always my favorite. I know, you know, the NHL isn't as big for a lot of people, but um, the NHL playoffs are the best set of playoffs, in my opinion, and they have not disappointed, especially getting to go to one of the games. Um, It's been just a hell of a ride so far. Really excited to continue watching the playoffs. Absolutely. Cool. What do you think? You want to go to top 10, brother? Sure. Sure. All right, let's go. Sure. So our top 10 list of the week this week. I'm going to let Logan introduce it for us this week, okay? Go ahead, brother. We are doing the top 10 coaches now. Pretty much we're, since the, the, the 2000s started. Yeah, and we're doing coaches who are active. Correct. Although, Logan's got a little caveat. He cheated like I did a couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, I cheated on one, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's, yeah, fine. it's, it's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. Uh, the shorts, you want to go with some honorable mentions? I don't have any honorable mentions. Wow. Okay, Logan, you have did. you have a couple. Yeah, you give your honorable mentions. I got Doc Rivers and right. Sean McVay. All right, and my honorable mentions. I have five. Don't look at my list. Uh, I know. Just, <laughs> I, I, I didn't put people in the list that they're like coaching for like three years and won a championship. No, yeah, no, no, no. I haven't. I think like Sean most... McVay, like he's not on my list. He's not on my list either because he's still newer. Mm-hmm. I know what you're saying. Yeah. I think if you if you do this list in five ten years, he'll be on the list. But sure, um, Dabo Sweeney is my honorable mentions. Uh, John Harbaugh for the Ravens, Sweeney, Sweeney with Clemson, obviously. Uh, Doc Rivers also on my honorable mentions. Um, Eric Spolster of the Heat and Barry Trotz for the uh, I believe the Islanders. Now he's been with a few teams. Won the won the cup with uh, with the Capitals, like I was just talking about a few years back. So. Um, I'll let Logan go ahead and start with his number 10. We'll go uh, – you call Logan to Schwartz Jacobs. Go that order. That's fine with me. Sounds good. Go ahead, Logan. Number 10, I got Steve Kerr. 
with the um, Warriors, of course. You know, they've won a couple chips. I know that, of course, he's had very talented teams, but I also think that he has been a good coach for them. And he's, he is a great offensive coach. Uh, exactly, yeah. But their defense goes overlooked all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, my uh, my number 10, Steve Kerr. My number 10, I have the gum chewer from Seattle, Pete Carroll. <laughs> yes. Uh, the only downfall in Pete Carroll is he wanted to pass the ball instead of run it. Oh, he, also, he also had some drama with Russell Wilson going on, and they couldn't work together. But Pete Carroll is a phenomenal coach. I don't think any of us can doubt that. He yeah. he was very successful in Seattle. Now it looks like they're uh, they got something going on. They had a horrible draft. They had uh, they got some weird stuff going on in Seattle. I I don't I don't know what they're doing up there, but you know, Pete Carroll, the gum chewer, must know what's going on. Yeah, you know, I mean, I have Pete Carroll at number ten as well. Um, dude's got a, an iron jaw. He could fit right in the USC. <laughs> um, the way he chews that gum, man. Absolutely. Um, People kind of don't talk about either. I mean, he was the head coach in the NFL, kind of didn't do well his first time through, I think, in the 90s. Went to USC and, I mean, had a dynasty at USC. I mean, you know, the talent on that team, I, you know, I, there's so many players I can name. I'll name a, a few, you know, Liner and Reggie Bush. Lendell White was phenomenal. The Thunder and Lightning in the backfield. Um, they More pieces than that, too, obviously. But they had just so much, so much talent at USC. And they have really not been the same since he's left. Um so that's why he's number 10 on my list. I guess I'll I'll pass it to Logan for number nine. At number nine, I got John Calipari, Kentucky. You know I forgot about him, not even a fraud. Yeah, he's he's a great coach and Kentucky is always a contender. Uh, yeah, you know, not this year though. St. Well, Peter's yeah. fighting peacocks. Yeah, insane. Absolutely no one no one would ever even imagine. But yeah, for the most part, they're always contenders, and they're always good, and he's just – he's a great coach. One of the best. I'm going to quote my famous uh, – my guy uh, from the – anybody who watched the Flyers and Rangers, um, the Road to the Winter Classic, uh, the HBO Sports 24-7, uh, get the puck in the back of the fucking net, boys. Uh, Peter Laviolette, my favorite coach to to, uh, to root for with the Flyers. Um Won a cup with the Hurricanes in 06. Nobody really talks about that. And uh, took the Flyers to a cup final. Um, was phenomenal with Nashville. I believe took them to a cup final as well. And, uh, you know, now with Washington, Lavi wins wherever he goes. Just a great person, an even better coach, and uh, a thrill to, to get to watch him for that those few years in, in Philly, number seven on my list. At number six... I have Dabo Sweeney, head coach of the Clemson Tigers. The football team. Go Tigers. Yes, sir. Go Tigers. And... <laughs> let me get it. Let me get it. I, I can't do the accent. Get, go go deep. Go. Go. <laughs> give, me a, give me a go Tigers. Go Tigers. Yes. There it is. It's not even the same Tigers, and I don't even care. Go Tigers. But yeah, he uh, he came to Clemson. I mean, turned this program around, and now they're Once, wait. They didn't do they didn't do great last year, but but yeah, but a bad year for them was right. ten wins. Exactly. Yeah. Like what? So, Back but other than that, I mean, since he's been there, they're contenders every year, and obviously they've won numerous times. So 
yeah, you can't argue. Um, my six, uh, I cheated here. I don't care. My number six is Sean Payton. No, I, you cheated, but so so did Logan. So now I look like the asshole. So thank you both. So I, I put a cheater. So I also put another one. Uh, I put Sean Payton and Kevin Cash. Uh, you know, Kevin Cash, absolute menace. Uh, the the things he does with that race team. So you have you have what a six A six B is that what you're saying? Well, I I cheated on one. I had to put Peyton in there, but since I cheated, I put I put a. I'm, no, no, no. You're good. I understand that. No, Kevin Cash has been phenomenal. Yeah. I just don't think he's been around long enough if that makes sense. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. Uh, Sean Peyton, you know, after getting, did you see that Netflix movie with Kevin James? No, I've been meaning to. Pretty good. It's, it's yeah. pretty. All right. You know, Sean Peyton coming back. And when in uh, a suit, wait, did they win the Super Bowl before he got suspended? Yes. Okay. When in the Super Bowl coming back and his make... Bounty Gate was Super Bowl year. Okay. And you know, making all of these playoffs, and you know, honestly, they should have been in the Super Bowl. They should have been in the Super Bowl. When what? Uh, with the Rams. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I didn't hear what you said. That's oh, yeah, the guy yeah, calls me. That game is. It's over. Yeah, I know. I agree. Yeah. Um. That that Vikings game, they would have lost to the Eagles. Go Birds. Either way, but yeah, you, you, you gotta give credit to Sean Payton. Sean Payton's made that team well every year, and now they have the former Raiders coach when the Raiders stunk, and that team is gonna be horrible. Dennis Allen, good old DA. Um. Yeah. Number six on my list, Dennis Allen. No, I'm completely kidding. Um. Uh, number six on my list, Steve Kerr. Um. Obviously, what he's done, you know, and I know he might not have had as long of a career as some of these guys, which is why he's number six on my list and not higher. Again, kind of like, you know, Sean McVay, like we said, if we do this, if we were to do this list, you know, five, ten years from now, they'll both be higher on the list, in my opinion. For me, McVay on the list, not on the list right now. What Kerr has done, you know, we've, we touched on as a player, obviously as a coach. But even as a GM, when he was with the Suns, he put together some really good teams. You know, when he's in the front office in Phoenix and as a broadcaster on TNT, he was a great broadcaster, too. You know, I remember him on even him and Marv Albert were on the the call for Michigan and Kansas a couple of years back when Trey Burke hit that crazy ass right. shot. I know you remember that. It was nutty in March Madness um, to send the game essentially to overtime. And then Michigan won, went on to the final and lost to Louisville. Um yeah, Steve Kerr, just everything he does, everything he touches turns to gold. No pun intended, Golden State. But yeah, no, Steve Kerr, absolutely deserving number six. And number five, I have Eric Spolstra. You have Spolstra over Andy Reid? <laughs> oh my God, go ahead. I don't like that. It's okay. fine. It's fine. It's not fine. But it go is ahead. Fine. not fine. But, you know, the heat, the, the, the big three years, um, he changed things in Miami. Even now with the team he has now, still making it to the playoffs, number one seed in the East. So, yeah. My number five is the head coach of the Alabama Roll Christman, Crimson Tide. Roll Christmas? What? Yes. <laughs> Nick Saban. I hate Nick Saban so much, but he's so good at what he does. Yep. Sucks, sucks in the NFL, though. That's all you have to look for. No, he didn't suck in the NFL, actually. He just left. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, I'll have Logan look up his stats if you don't mind, Logan, real quick. But oh, I thought he was bad in the NFL. I don't think he was bad with Miami. He didn't perform as well as he could have. But, I mean, well, I mean, Whittle will obviously be able to talk about it more than we would. But, 
I think he was a part of the reason that Drew Houston Lockett, where are y'all at? Yeah, Houston Lockett next week, hopefully. No, I doubt. We digress. But yeah, you know, I mean, I think I do think Nick Saban is a part of the Miami, you know, when, when Drew Brees is a free agent after he after the Chargers, you know what I mean? Sure. He was gonna go to Miami and then they said no and he went to New Orleans and you know, we saw how that changed. But is in two thousand five he went nine and seven, in two thousand six he went six and ten. So he didn't he didn't do great, yeah. But I mean he didn't do completely terrible. I mean fifteen and seventeen, it's not terrible in the NFL for being real, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, and he was only there for two years. I mean, yeah, he did resign, but I mean, I mean, we've seen worse. You could be like Jason Garrett or Mike McCarthy. I mean, you're not lying. <laughs> yeah, he, that doesn't hurt his feelings. He literally said something to me yesterday about, oh, when we were we were doing the, we were talking about the list yesterday, and he was like, "You're gonna have uh, Mr. Eight and Eight on that list, Jason Garrett." <laughs> I was like, "No, I don't think he's gonna be on this one." <laughs> but the clap king, <laughs> the king of the clap. <laughs> so. Do you, are you good with me to do my number five, or you keep going? Uh, yeah, go go do your number five. Uh, I have Big Red number five, Andy Reid. Yes, sir. Yeah, he's he's an all timer. If we're being real, I think he's a Hall of Fame coach. I really do. I know they've only won one Super Bowl, but he's he, he he went to four straight, right, with the Eagles NFC Championship games. Yeah, he only won one, but like he went to that one Super Bowl with the Eagles, and then. From there, goes to Kansas City, literally always a playoff team, even with some of the collapses they had. Finally wins the Super Bowl over the Niners in that incredible game where they come back. Goes the next year, loses to a Tampa Bay team because Mahomes was running for his life. And last year, another AFC Championship game. I I just don't know what else. I know critics will say only one Super Bowl, great, not great playoff success. But, like, he took an Eagles team – one of his last years in Philly, the year that they lost to Arizona in the a- NFC Championship game when Arizona just about beat the Steelers in the Super Bowl. We almost had an all-Pennsylvania uh, Super Bowl. That would have been-, been pretty cool, yeah. And there's just nothing bad you can say about that, dude. He's absolutely incredible, and that's why I have Andy at number five on my list. At number four, I have Greg Popovich. Pop. Pop. Yeah, the San Antonio Spurs head coach, of course, he was there for the dynasty, built the dynasty, really. And, um, yeah, I mean, the Spurs aren't great now, but, I mean, he's an all-time coach. But look at that roster. Yeah. The fact that they even win as much as they do on that roster. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's definitely a – no question he's an all-time coach. Yeah. Absolutely. My number four is Big Red Andy Reid. We've been over this, how great he is. Big Red – you know, there's really not a whole lot to say about him. Super likable dude, honestly. It, it, it's hard. It's impossible to hate Andy Reid. Such yeah. a funny guy. You need to eat his hamburger. You know, he, he was creative. And chances <laughs> like signing like sign Michael Vick. Michael Vick was a very controversial controversial move. Was he there when they had Vick? Yes. Wow. Okay. It's when, just, I, I don't remember their careers overlapping. I believe you. I just. When they signed I, I realize, Vick, yeah. it was. Andy Reid's second to last year. I believe you, yeah. I Maybe just... last year. Or no, they signed him in like 2010. Vic. I'm going to look it up. Go ahead and keep talking. But yeah. Uh, and a lot of people didn't like him for that. And, I, I you know, I was I was three, so I, I really didn't know. But Yeah, you don't remember. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but if I, was, if I was there then, I, I would have been all in for Michael Vic. 
And, of course. You know, yes, it ended up paying it off. Miracle at the Meadowlands, you know, Andy Reid. That, that Eagles team on Jackson, Michael Vick, LaShawn McCoy, Riley Cooper. Um, well, I shouldn't have Riley Cooper anyways. Um, and anything that everything that he did with the Chiefs, having having the best quarterback in the league, right? Yeah, now. he was Michael Vick was there 09 to 2013, and Andy was there until 2012. Yeah, you're right. Okay, but yeah, Andy Reid is phenomenal. Absolutely. My number four, I have, in my opinion, the best manager in baseball, Terry Francona. Kind of goes overlooked from um, Guardians. Yes, from the uh, originally, you know. Uh, people don't talk. He was actually the manager of the Phillies back with um, in the nineties. Um, I think early two thousands as well. You had, you know, Francona was there. Part of me wants to say he spent time in Oakland, but I very well could be wrong. Um, but I mean, obviously breaking the curse as the Red Sox manager and then winning again um, a couple years later, sweeping the Rockies in 07 after that epic comeback in 04 with the Yankees against the Yankees, excuse me. And then sweeping the Cardinals. Um, was 8-0 in the World Series with the Red Sox. Fun fact, in eight games. Never lost. And then took the Indians, you know, because they were the Indians at the time. So, um, in an absolute classic seven-game series against the Cubbies, against Joe Madden, um, the two, in my opinion, the two best managers in baseball. And, yeah, they were up 3-1. Cubs did blow, you know, they, they came back and won the series. Um, they were just a more talented team than the, the Indians were then. But, yeah, I mean, Terry Francona still with the Guardians, you know, putting together decent teams when you really don't expect them to be that great. Um, I think without him, they, they're probably a bottom five team in baseball, in my opinion. That's why I have him at number four on my list. And number three, this is the one where I cheated a little bit. But I have Coach K. Um, Mike Krzyzewski. I absolutely hate Duke. Bryce Harper, home run. Let's go. Sorry. You're good. First off, I bring the bell. I hate Duke because I'm a huge Tar Heels fan, but you can't deny the great. respect that this man deserves because absolutely, yeah, he is great. Duke is always great, and yeah, I mean, he's arguably the best college basketball coach ever. Absolutely, my number three is the coach of the San Antonio Spurs, Greg Popovich. It's he's the best NBA coach right now, and he has been for a little while. I don't know if he is anymore. Call me crazy. I, I do think, not to interrupt you, I, Nick Nurse, I think, needs to be up Nick, there for all the whining and bullshit. Right, right. Nick Nurse it, is incredible. Look at that roster. Strongly hate, strong is like Nick Nurse, though. Oh, of course. I don't like him, but he's an incredible coach. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Spolster's up there, Steve Kerr. There's a lot of good coaches in the NBA right now, actually, but go ahead, brother. Yeah, you know what you're gonna get with Greg Popovich. That team sucks, and like that's or that that Spurs team doesn't suck, but they're not good by any means. No, I I do think you can say they suck without him. I do. Okay, uh, Spurs suck. Yeah, but it's you know you, you know you know what you're gonna get with Greg Popovich, uh, and he's led that Spurs team to multiple playoffs appearances. When honestly, sometimes he maybe even shouldn't have been there. Yeah, I agree. I have my number three. I think the greatest coach in college football history, Nick Saban. Crimson Tide won with LSU, the Natty. Uh, was at Michigan State, actually had some really good teams. I know Plexico Burris is on one of those teams. And my my, my disdain for Nick Saban uh, comes actually from reading 
I don't care about all the winning. I really don't. Incredibly passionate, fiery dude. You can't fault him for that. But reading Plexico Burris' book when I was in high school, <clears throat> excuse me, was talking about how Nick Saban was rumored to leave Michigan State for LSU back, you know, when that was happening right before the bowl game for Michigan State. They were playing Florida. And Nick Saban called a meeting, a team meeting, and was like, those rumors are bullshit. They are not true. Um, They are nothing but false rumors. Uh, I love all of you so much. I I won't leave you like that. And he left. Lied right to their faces and left. I'm sure money had to do a lot of that, but that's not the point. Call a team meeting to tell them the rumors are false and you're gone. That's when there's smoke, there's fire. Um, so he's kind of a douche in that sense, but it is what it is. Dicked over the Dolphins, left after LSU won. And uh, I mean, LSU can't keep a coach. Les Miles was incredible in LSU. And that's, you know, Co- Coach O got short end of the stick after winning a title, whatever. But yeah, Nick Saban's just, I mean, dynasty of Bama. Just, just his Alabama career alone you could argue he's the best coach in college football history. Then you throw in LSU, you know, what he's done all throughout. Yeah, Nick, Nick Saban's incredible. That's why he's my number three. Yeah, for my number two, I also have Nick Saban. Um, yeah, basically what Ryan just said, he's he's the best at Alabama alone. I think he was a little more likable last year, too, for some reason. It was weird. Yeah, he was. He's cute. And he's getting older. If He's almost a little bit more likable. Yeah, no, oh. I completely agree with that. He is. I know you don't want to hear that, but it's the truth. But, yeah, no matter what you think about him, uh, yeah, just like we said, at Alabama alone, that's enough to say he's the best. You know, even in the footsteps of Bear Bryant, I know that was years and years ago, but still, it's a, it's a prestigious program. They were, they were terrible before he got there. They were in a bad place. And it's college. It's, you know, NFL factory now, them in Georgia. Yeah. What you got at two, Declan? Um, sorry, I was a little flabbergasted. Bray Dinger just announced his retirement. Oh no! Yeah, Ray Dittinger, like famous writer for the Eagles, covered, and he's a Hall of Famer. I'm pretty sure, isn't he? Yeah, I believe so. I'm pretty My sure he's in the Pro Football is... Hall of Fame. Hey Logan, we we cheated together. I coached Kai at number two. Um, I I don't really think it's cheating. He he stopped what a month ago. No, yeah. I, I get it. I, I know. I, just, I, didn't, I didn't have anybody who's not an active coach. I understand. No, I it's get sure. what you guys had. Sure. I... Coach Kai, how many titles does he have? A lot. Um, yeah, I can't even name everything that he has. Duke was nothing before he got there, too. Nobody talks about that. A- absolutely. Duke is now absolutely. Blue blood. Do they know who they're going to? Yeah, they, they named immediately when he announced he wasn't going to be coming back. They named John Shire. He is the new coach. They named him. He was the coach in waiting. Okay. Okay. But, yeah, Coach Kai, just so many so many things to his resume. He coached so many great players, from Jason Tatum all the way to Christian Leitner. Grant Hill. Yeah, Grant, dude, that inbound pass. So he's won. He's won five, Declan. That, that's insane. Yeah, that is that is that is crazy. Won over a hundred tournament games too, which is insane. Yeah, the be- the best basketball the coach. He's he's there when it comes to bat when it comes to college coaches with Nick Saban and you know. All, well, all... he had the great run with USA basketball too. Nobody talks about that. Absolutely. Won two golds. Three. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolute legend. My number two, I have, uh, in my opinion, the greatest NBA coach of all time or absolute top five, Greg Popovich. You know, we've all talked about it, uh, what he's done, especially I think now with some of these teams. You know what I mean? They're, the rosters are just not talented. I hate to say it. Uh, DeJ- but, you know, DeJounte Murray, what he's done with him. 
But I mean, you know, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, they weren't great, great players before they got there. And he turned them into that. Duncan came in was, you know, he's a legend. He's a superstar. He's a top Absolutely. 10 player all time, if we're being real. But I just. Fundamentals. Yeah, big fundamental, dude. But like what he was able to do and, you know, moving Ginobili to the bench at times, like he just always pulled the right strings. LaMarcus Aldridge, when they brought him in, like they didn't skip a beat. They got better. He helped develop Kawhi into what he is today. And, you know, LaMarcus and him had that falling out and then he fixed it. And, you know, it just some of the best too, some of the best interviews too, like sidelines, <laughs> like in between quarters when they go to talk to him and he gives you like two word answers and he's like, all right, all right, bye. Thanks. <laughs> yep. So, um, yeah, I, I have pop number two on my list. So at number one for my list, I have Bill Belichick. The hoodie. Yep, the hoodie. Do we and all Bill Belichick? Yeah, we all feel. Okay, yeah, Bill Belichick okay, number yeah. one. We know he's, he's the goat. We yeah, I, we can absolutely. all just talk about it together. Yeah. Go ahead, Logan. No, yeah. Uh, first off, great defensive mind. Oh my oh, god. My god. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you go back to the Giants of Parcells. I mean, he oh, was yeah. he was like the defensive like runner of that team. You know what I mean? He was the coordinator. Oh, absolutely. And then drafting Tom Brady and Brady turning to what he was, and you know, just the whole dynasty. The that decision to the stick with Brady too. Yeah. We, you know, we watched. We, we hadn't seen, the, you know, the, the ESPN, the tuck rule with him and Woodson. They did that. We watched that over the weekend. And, uh, you know, I know that's been out for a while. We hadn't seen it. And it was incredible. Yeah. Belichick could have easily went with Bledsoe, went back to him, oh, you know yeah. what I mean, and decided to go with Brady. But, yeah, and built the dynasty that is the Patriots. Absolutely. Six rings. Yeah, I, I just – and he's he's won all the rings, and you know they they had never won a Super Bowl before Belichick got there, and he has won them all. You know, three out of four, and then you know they lost to your birds, obviously. He ends his career with the Patriots, right? You would think. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it was him or Brady, and they made their mind up. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they they chose Bill, and. I, I do think in the next five years he's gone. I just have that weird feeling. I don't think he's going to coach until he's, you know, 80 or so. He's older. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, like, like I said. He, that team has, like, that team's not going to – I don't think that team's going to be very good next year. No, I completely agree. I don't so, think, like, I don't think that team's going to be ten- – I think they're, like, the third best team in, in their in their division. Sure. And I think – Watch out for the Jets. I literally – you just took the words out of my mouth. I don't think the Jets will contend, but I think they will win a couple games that they shouldn't. Absolutely. We'll talk about that going forward. Don't worry. So great, great list. That was a good one. Logan picked this list. I had him choose. I usually have our guests choose um, what list they want to do, or, you know, we offer a couple up, but I, I gave Logan a big old list and he was like, no, I like that one a lot. So I think that, that turned out really well. This has been pretty good so far today. So sure. pretty, smooth, pretty smooth podcast. So um, yeah, I mean, we've, we've gone through pretty much everything. Um we can touch on MLB if we want. I mean, it, it's there's not too much going on. The Phillies, Mets had a couple rainouts. We're not going to talk about the first game they played because I can't mentally handle that. Red Sox suck. What's that? Red Sox suck. That's crazy. Yeah. Let me pull up the standings. I actually haven't looked in like a week or so. All the West teams, I believe, are over five hundred. And that's a surprise of the A's. I don't think it'll last either. But no NL. Oh, I was going to say, I was like, yeah, the A's. I'm kind of surprised by that, but. 17. Let me see. Uh, 18 and 7. The Yankees have been incredible this year. The Blue Jays, they're still really good. The Rays are still. How about the Orioles? Not in last place. Let's go O's. There we go. Um, yeah, Ropars, I'm sure you heard, tried to make a comment about 
uh, we shouldn't even be watching the Orioles. And I was like, whoa, 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 bro. Back up. <laughs> yeah, whoa, whoa. Back up, bro. <laughs> Sorry. Inside joke of me and Logan. I had to. Um, the Twins looking good. The, t- the Tigers. That's a shame. The Royals stink anyway. But the Rangers are 10 and 14. They, they got off to a bad start. I'm surprised by the Mariners, 12 and 16. Yeah. So. Angels are hot. The the four one Reds. That oh my god, they are a negative eighty three in run differential. Yes, sir. Like the Cincinnati Reds stink. That's an understatement. I just oh my god, like they're so bad. We're looking at the divisions together right now, and I mean it's yeah. I, I got oh, you. It's, you oh yeah, we both got to pulled up. <laughs> yeah, the Gi- the Giants are fifteen and twelve, and they're they're in fourth. The Rockies That's... had that. Honestly, other than that four game. The sweep against the Phils, you take that out, they're Rocky. 16 and 7. Good. And they, they looked good against the Phillies the first time they played. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, West is loaded. What is it with the West Coast always, like, you know, in, in, in a bunch of sports having good teams? I know the NBA wasn't as good this year in a sense, I, but I, no. Like the NFL, dude, like the AFC, the NFC West has been loaded for years. And other than the Seahawks, they're still really good. Yeah. And the AFC West is the best division in football. We can all agree on that. So, Absolutely. yeah. So, yeah. That's and I was gonna say we, we I'd, I'd say we can get a little bit of uh, predictions from Logan, but he'll, he'll be back at some point. So don't we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that at that uh at some point. So I guess for now, um, if there's anything else we want to touch on, if not, um, I have some uh, some fun this day in sports. You go with that, to Shorty. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> that was a weird one. I didn't like that. Sorry. <laughs> we gotta keep it in though. Uh. This day in sports history, this is actually a really big one. 1967. Uh, on this day, Muhammad Ali is indicted for refusing induction into the U.S. Army. That's a really big one. Um, 1970, the uh, game seven, the Knicks beat the Lakers 113 to 91 to win the series, four games to three. Uh, 1973, Ernie Banks fills in for the Cubs manager, Whitey Lockman, who was ejected during the game. And with that, Ernie Banks technically becoming baseball's first ever African American manager. I thought that was a fun fact. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Twenty fourteen, uh, the NFL draft happened uh, round one on this day. We had Jadevian Clowney, the number one overall pick from South Carolina to the Houston Texans. Twenty eighteen, we had a no hitter on this day. Uh, James Paxton of the Seattle Mariners threw a no-no against the Blue Jays, 5-0 in Toronto. Uh, happy birthday to Mike D'Antoni. People have talked Sixers, maybe, who knows. Um, today is his birthday. He was born in 1951. Happy birthday, coach. Another coach, 1957, Bill Cower, the former Steelers coach. We talked about him today. Happy birthday, Coach Cower. And newest coach of the Texans, Lovey Smith, former Bears coach. Love me some lovey. Ronnie Lott's birthday is today, next year. Um, and that is all I have for this day in sports. And, you know, because today is today of recording the 8th. I think that wraps it up. I think that wraps it up. Another really good podcast, man. Great time with my brother Logan for the second week. This week was planned. Last week, not so much. Did a great job filling in last week, but, you know, got his feet wet last week. Uh, got nice and comfortable, and I think this week went pretty well, if you wouldn't say so yourself, the shorts. No, well, well. Absolutely. So, uh, guys, again, uh, we'll close out. Thank you so much for for joining us for this episode of the North South Podcast. Be sure 
check us out on Twitter. I think our biggest fan actually on Twitter, Logan Franken. Absolutely. Um, Instagram, TikTok. Well, we don't really post on TikTok, but who knows? I, I want to start doing it because I'm seeing a lot of dumb sports takes, and I'm just ready to like smack them in the mouth. I need you. I need you to be our TikTok guy, and you can. I'll, I'll send you whatever you need me to. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Logan, I don't. He loves that. Yeah, Peggy. Sure, sure Peggy. Peggy. <laughs> We're off the rails. We got to stop. We uh, guys again. Uh, this is actually a short episode compared to the last couple ones. Um, thank you so much. Oh, uh, oh. I, thank you. Facebook too, though. Can I Wait. thank uh, last week our guest Mel Kuyper the third? Mel Kuyper the third. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking about micro bars. Coming on and helping us with the draft. I love the insight. Uh, I, I hope that's a traditional thing that we have him on every year during the draft. Oh, my God. Absolutely. And, I, but, you know, he said, you know, we, we're going to try to get him on maybe for some fantasy football talk, too. Oh, absolutely. We, before we, the season starts, we'll get some predictions with him. Going on, Tal. How fun would it be if we just got, like, a big, huge podcast with a bunch of the fantasy guys and talked? That would be obnoxious because that would be 12 people. Well, 10 people. Oh, that's right. We're, we're, not, we're not that cool. 10, we're in a 12-people league. Yeah. Ernie, if you're listening, you're in the group chat. You're not in the group anymore. Your 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 opinion doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, Leslie. <laughs> Leslie. You can just buy Leslie Shaw on Facebook. He's a fake Facebook just to be in our group chat. <laughs> he was like, um, I'm gonna make a Facebook to be in the group chat, and then can I just stay in the group chat even though I'm not in the league anymore? You guys are awesome. And I was like, Yeah, your your voice means nothing to me anymore, but yes. <laughs> no, I'm only mess, and that's that's my homie from, from back in the day. Uh Ryan Ernie, the temple legend. Met but, uh, T for Temple U, right, Dakey Poo? Cherry in the white. Fight, fight, fight. <laughs> <laughs> Love that kid. So, um, again, happy birthday again to Shorts, man. Uh, very, very thankful. Not to get too sentimental, but, uh, you know, you're pretty much like a little brother to me now. Um, may as well be family. And uh, been great getting to do this with you every week, even Absolutely. when you're not there. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, you're not. I am, but I'm not. It's okay. I'm not mad at you. I get it. You were sick. It's not a big deal. You missed a great interview, though. Harry Mays is awesome. If you haven't listened, check it out, guys. But, yeah, um, Logan, anything you want to say before we wrap up? No, just thank you guys for having me on two weeks in a row. This has been awesome. I look forward to the next one. He thinks there's going to be a next one. Isn't that cute? Yeah, th- this is your last time, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> You're a Cowboys fan. You don't belong here now, Benson. So, now, obviously, he'll be back, my brother. Um, we're uh, Tyler Smith. That's name. <laughs> God. Whatever his name is, you don't matter. So um hold me through the fan now, so <laughs> <laughs> yo. Uh yeah, we'll get Soldier Boy to make a new song. Hold me through the phone, the Tyler Smith version. <laughs> get Cole Beasley on it on this track. Um, <laughs> we gotta stop. This is getting bad. Guys, we, we've been thanking you for ten minutes. Um we're gonna wrap up. Uh for Logan, uh it's Jacobs and the shorts signing off. Peace out, Girl Scout. Deuces!
tanks Know we bring the heat like a blisto Strong will, keeping it a hundred like a pitch though Woo! Gotta bring the passion Brothers don't miss Steph Clay, they splashing All the talk shows dwarf south, your favorites You ain't gonna wanna skip like Bayless <laughs> Coming to you live and CPA The two boys with the smarts, no GPA So tune in, listen up, cause there's more to know It's north-south, turn it up and enjoy the show